Broncos country, and that means time for Let's Talk Broncos. I'm Bree Maestas here with Joey Richards. Zach Seegers isn't with us. He's on a beach somewhere enjoying his vacation. So, hi, Zach Seegers. We miss you lots. Thanks for all setting up the stream so we could broadcast with all of the folks here. Joey, how are you doing? I am doing fantastic, Bree. I'm doing really good. You know, I've had a day to digest the Vance Joseph news before I come here on this podcast and talk to you about it. You released a clip about the Vance Joseph news. Like, every, we're, we're excited to get into that. There was an athletic article that dropped this morning about Russell Wilson. Everyone was arguing about on the timeline the entire day from when I woke up at 6 a.m. Um, <laughs> I mean, it was a crazy day, but I'm excited to get here and talk about it with you, Bree. How are you doing today? Doing real good. Hi to Cal. He's in the YouTube chat right now. If you want to join Cal, have a conversation with Let's Talk Broncos, myself and Joey Richards. You can hop on over to Mile High Sports YouTube or Facebook. Chat over there. We'll respond to you. We'll highlight some comments. We'll have a discussion with you. Thanks for joining us on a Friday night. We really appreciate it. And as Joey already alluded to, got a lot of stuff to talk about tonight. I think we're going to hop right into the athletic article that um, maybe wasn't brand new news to a whole lot of people who've been paying attention, but it seemed like it caught a lot of people off guard. The initial reaction to the Russell Wilson, um, a lot of people were calling it slander or possibly uh, a hit piece. Um, I think a lot of the information Broncos country was already relatively aware of. Um, So I am interested to hear your take, Joey, but I'm going to lead off with, I don't think it was anything that we hadn't heard before. Now, do I think the timing of the release of this article is suspicious? Um, Perhaps. I don't know why we're digging this back out again. However, I am a little hesitant to call it untrue or something that we don't need to talk about here in Broncos country. So if you (laughs) have... So if you have um, something you want to discuss with us along the lines, if you read the article and you don't agree with it, or if you agree with parts of it, we'd love to have a conversation with you. But Twitter, Broncos Country Twitter in general, was uh, on fire today discussing whether or not Russell Wilson gets an unfair share of... I, I wouldn't even under I wouldn't even know how to put it. I think a lot of people think that Russell Wilson is being unfairly attacked right now. Um, I think that <laughs> I some of the take. points uh, you do. Okay, well, all right, give it to me. I have a take, Bree. I have a take. I just don't understand why people care so much. I don't care. That's my take. I don't care if Russell Wilson wanted Pete Carroll fired or not. Why do we care, guys? We're way past that. That literally has zero effect on what we're doing now. Zero effect. Why are we waking up arguing about this? It makes no sense. I don't care. Um, The Russell Wilson news, it's Russell Wilson news. Cool. I don't even understand why it's considered slander, if I'm being honest with you. If Russell Wilson wanted Pete Carroll fired, so be it. Who cares? That's my main thing. I do not care. I I don't care. It shouldn't be considered slander. None of that matters. It doesn't matter. Um, So even if it was true, it it wouldn't bother you? It wouldn't bother me. I don't care. I really don't care. I mean, do I think it's true? It's possible it is true. But why does it matter? We got Russell Wilson on the Broncos now. Uh, Sean Payton is our head coach. Russell Wilson isn't getting Sean Payton fired. So why do I care what he was dealing with when he was legitimately, because that's what people are forgetting, he was a legitimate top 10 quarterback in Seattle almost every single season. 
he was that guy to demand something like that. If he wanted a different head coach, so be it. Go get one. Um, you can go do that. The issue is now that he's in Denver, it's like that's it's not it's not doesn't matter because he's coming off of a lot worse of a year. Sean Payton is his head coach. None of it matters. That's my that's my take on the situation, Bree. What did you wake up? What did you think about? Um, that article that was released this morning. And then I kind of want to dig into the office and all that other pieces in there. If we must, we can absolutely do that. And if you have thoughts about the office and Russell Wilson in general, please join the chat, have a conversation with us. This is Let's Talk Broncos after all. I didn't anticipate waking up to this. I also didn't anticipate waking up to Russell Wilson tweeting uh, about this article in general and maybe by <laughs> proxy about the article. But I think that, in some capacity, the article has to come out, and it was an aggregation of a lot of general news that we had been aware of for, for a long time. So I don't think it was anything new. It wasn't anything shocking. Um, Cal has an interesting point here about some of the info uh, being what Hackett was allowed to take the fall for and kind of being a scapegoat for. And so that's an interesting question of whether or not I don't want to dig too much into tinfoil hat conspiracy theories, not saying that's one of them, but I think it's really hard to speculate on that. What we do know is the truth is that, you know, there was an office. Russell Wilson was using it. I think that he stopped using it towards the end of the season. Um, and, and what we're hoping for here is Sean Payton is able to change a little bit of the culture within the locker room and Russell Wilson and just get, get, Get it all over with Joey. What a lot of what you're saying of what happened two years ago, maybe Broncos country shouldn't really care about now. Like who, who actually cares what happens two seasons ago? Cause it has nothing in relation to do with the Denver Broncos. Now we're kind of in this, uh, trying to blame what happened last season on something that's done and over with. We're trying to look forward. And then, so I think that's a lot of the frustration in Broncos country is people are threatening to mute words like the Broncos. And I think that that's just not where we want to be. So, be the change that you want to see here on Let's Talk Broncos. Let's talk about the Broncos moving forward. And that has a lot to do um, with the hiring that's been happening. But Joey, I know you wanted to, to kind of touch on it. And then I'll get to another comment that I see here in the chat. Yeah. I mean, so as far as the office goes, Bree, in my opinion, they kind of solved that hiring Sean Payton. Sean Payton isn't the type of coach that's going to want to bring a quarterback in and say, hey, Bring the coaches in. Bring your own personal coaches. Here's your office that's bigger than my personal office. You know what I mean? That's not going to happen with Sean Payton. And honestly, a lot of the blame to me, should Russell Wilson go into the office and say, or go into the building and be like, I want my own personal office? No, he should not do that because that's against, I think, he's not – I don't think he's good enough to demand something like that. If Peyton Manning or Tom Brady don't have that, Russell Wilson should not, especially where he's standing right now. Um, but if a player, because there, all these guys have different personalities, and Russell Wilson may ask for an office the same way I might or anybody in the chat might go and ask for something that they're undeserving of, right? It's up to that person to say, no, that hurts us. We can't do that because it's going to kill the company or kill the business or or kill the franchise we don't want you to have that russ um and that's something we didn't have last year we didn't have a person honestly i'm going to say it with a backbone to say no russ now i understand 
a big difference between this offseason and last offseason is Russ doesn't have the leverage that he had. He didn't have – he doesn't because last year he's coming into a situation where the Broncos gave him a massive extension. They traded multiple first-round picks for him. It's a situation where the Broncos feel like we have to appease this guy because of how much we gave up to get him. Um but at the same time, like, I think the Broncos knew what they were getting into with Russell Wilson. I do. The personality. And if they didn't, they weren't doing their due diligence, which also falls in their lap. That's their fault. So I think now I would blame it more on the coaches than I would Russell Wilson. I do. Because you have different personalities in the locker room. It's upon the coaches to um, make it right. You know what I mean? Make it a winning atmosphere and that's something that they did not do changes are definitely coming for the denver broncos with the hiring of sean payton and now as he starts amassing his staff you've got defensive coordinator a return uh zach seegers is blaming this on you he says that you were hoping that a former broncos <laughs> head coach would come back to be the defensive coordinator turns out that it was vance joseph not and not Vic Fangio. Wayne King is in the chat over on Facebook. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate you watching with us as always. Vance Joseph, I still can't wrap my head around it. What the hell? Back to prevent prevent defense days. Joey, I know you have a take on this, but I want to expand on something you mentioned earlier. I released a clip over on the Let's Talk Broncos Twitter if you want to see it over there. We're also going to post it probably on the other socials. We just were we're a two-person show right now, so we'll get to that as soon as we do. Maybe I'll release a couple of TikToks about it. But the Ooh. thing here that I want to mention is that Vance Joseph is a different kind of coach than he was five years ago. In 2018, oh. um, you're definitely looking at some carryover from the roster, and the players are going to have to buy back into Vance Joseph as a defensive coordinator, but he's not the head coach. This is Sean Payton's vision. So if you buy into the idea that you're trusting Sean Payton to make the correct decisions for this team, and for this roster, I think bringing Vance Joseph in, whether or not you liked what he did in Arizona, I think there were some really great things that he did with a kind of an under average uh, skill set in for the Cardinals. So I think there's a tendency to think like, well, they didn't do the best. He was working with very little. So let's get that straight there. He's coming in. With an already established defense, you're going to have to plug a couple of holes, figure out your safety position, uh, get a couple more uh, cornerbacks. But you've got Christian Parker, who's going to be retained on staff to worry about your defensive backs. And I think that, above all else, it was super positive to me. That has been my number one thing. Joey knows this because I have gone into the group chat multiple times, very worried about Christian Parker leaving Parker. the Denver Broncos. The fact that he's being retained really elevates the decision to go with Vance Joseph. Um, do I think that there was maybe potentially some better choices out there? Uh, possibly, but I think what Sean Payton's vision was is he took his time, uh, three weeks, three and a half weeks uh, to do so and chose Vance Joseph to be a part of this team. I think uh, a lot of people were confused why Vance Joseph would want to come back to the Denver Broncos. I get that. Five years is a long time in the NFL. A lot of things can change. I think Vance Joseph, the person, has grown a lot as Vance Joseph, the coach. A lot of the stuff that didn't work out in his tenure here in the 17 and 18 season was uh, blamed a lot on him. And I think there were other problems at hand. So we just want to consider a couple of things before we jump on the bandwagon of, oh, my God, why Vance Joseph? You could have done anything better because I don't think that this is a wrong choice. What I think it is, uh, is letting people know exactly what Sean Payton is going to lean into. And the variability on the defense is what I'm interested to hear from you, Joey. How do you think this impacts the defense moving forward? 
Yeah, Bree, I think it's a little bit of a scheme change, right? I think that, you know, a lot of people love those simulated pressures or those pressures that um, Evero would bring. I think we're going to see even more with Vance Joseph. I do. I think we're going to see a lot of pressure. It's going to be, you know, a lot of people say with Vic Fangio, it was more of a bend, not break defense. I think it's a boomer bust defense now with Vic, or with uh, Vance Joseph. That, that That's the difference, I would say, um, between the two. My overall thoughts on the Vance Joseph hire, I think you nailed it, Bree. I think you also mentioned that you was he the number one candidate in the pool? Probably not. For me, he wasn't. Honestly, out of the guys that they interviewed, he was my least. Um, only in front of Matt Patricia. That's the way I think of Vance Joseph. But So you would have gone Rex Ryan over Vance Joseph. I would have gone Rex Ryan over Vance Joseph just because I know Rex Ryan was dominant at one point or another in the NFL. He was. He was a dominant defensive coordinator to the point where you know, he didn't only get one head coach opportunity because of that defense. He got two. He got the Jets and the Bills. And it was because of that defense. It wasn't because uh, Rex Ryan was an awesome person that with personalities and with the media. He was bad at that. People hated him for that. You know, um, I, I think the thing with Vance Joseph here, and if I'm going to lay out the positives, Bree. Every single player that's come and crossed with him, it seems like they love him. You know, that's the reason why there's a huge selling point why the Broncos hired him as head coach was because he is a player's guy. They like him. The players love Vance Joseph. Um, he also always seems to be on the cusp of being a really good defensive coordinator in my mind. He's on the cusp of it. He just has not gotten over that hill yet. And that's and it- why – He's is a little back for me. And what what were you going to say, Bert? Well, it seems like that's where a lot of the hesitation comes from, right? Because then you're anticipating in an already down year, a downtrend for the Denver Broncos. You know, the the fans have been dealing with this for seven years now. They've just come off one of the worst stretches, the worst seasons that they've seen in this seven-year stretch. And then you're taking um, not an unproven necessarily, but a little bit of a risky choice here. It's a little risky, but I think what also is just proven is there was a lot of talk about coaches not wanting to come to the Denver. Broncos. We know for a fact that Vance Joseph wanted to be a part of this organization, even after all of the kind of terrible times there was it was like a mixed bag you didn't know what you were going to get you either loved him or you hated him or you really wanted him gone we know people friends of the show who threw actual parties when vance joseph left the organization yeah shout outs but also i i i want to believe that Broncos country can let go of a lot of those hesitations with the hiring of Vance Joseph. But it reminds me, it almost feels like, could you imagine if they brought back Drew Locke as a third string quarterback, just to make sure we had that, that buffer. I'm not saying it's a possibility and I'm not even saying I would want that, but I think this fandom, as we've come off a really rough, uh, almost decade of going on, uh, that you're going to feel a little bit of, Oh God, I don't know if this is the right move, but, my line of thinking falls in place of if this is what Sean Payton believes is the best thing for this team, the best thing for this defense, because we talk about it a lot here on let's talk Broncos of the idea of the defense is already going to regress. What we hope is that Vance Joseph elevates them 
in the top half of the league. That's all you need to do to compete. It would be great if they were still a top five defense, but you're going to have some players aging out. Um, I do want to know, how do you think Vance Joseph affects some of the current roster here on the team as it stands? Or do you think he'll look to bring in a different set of talent uh, across the defense to play in line of his scheme? You know, Bria, I don't think there's going to be like a huge change in what you need in talent. I do think that what the Broncos are going to be running is a little different, though. I don't think that, you know, it's not like, hey, the Broncos need a box safety now. We need to, you know, we only have one type of rangy safety like a Justin Simmons. We need to bring in a, you know, um, I don't know, like a TJ Ward. We don't need a, We don't need that. I don't think that's the need that the Broncos are going to look to. But you did mention um, that regression in defense. I do think that's fair to worry about, Bria. I do. I am curious, and here's my main thing with Vance Joseph. Is this fan base going to be patient with him? Because me, I was saying well before this hire that I don't care who the Broncos defensive coordinator is. The chances of them, you know, regressing a little bit are great. I think that that's going to happen. I didn't care who the defensive coordinator was just because that's how good the Broncos defensive coordinators have been in the past. We've had uh, Vic Fangio, Wade Phillips, Evero. These are three great defensive coordinators, and these guys don't grow on trees. Uh, I don't think it's fair to compare whoever we were going to hire to those guys because they're that good. So now I'm sitting here wondering, if the Broncos take that regression, like I think they do, Vance Joseph is going to get a lot of the blame for that. Well, whether he deserves it or not, and he could, he could not, but it doesn't matter. He's going to get the blame for that. He is going to get the blame for that. And I'm just curious, you know, this fan, uh, this fan's temperament, temperament towards him. How long of a leash will he have? If the fans really backlash towards Vance Joseph, will Sean Payton and the ownership stick by his side? I'm curious. We will see. I think it is notable that Sean Payton, he really hasn't given a damn, truthfully, about what fans' opinions have been to this point. You know, he interviewed almost every single defensive coordinator that would piss off Broncos fans. <laughs> Literally, Vic Fangio, um, uh, Rex Ryan could piss a lot of people off. You know, Brian Flores pisses a lot of people off. There's every single version. Vance Joseph, he interviewed all of them. So I don't know. I'm just curious to know what it's like in season if things aren't going exactly to plan. I think what I'm looking forward to the most is Sean Payton's vision moving forward. And if that actually tallies up to more wins in that column, because that above all else solves a lot of issues. The leash gets longer every time you have a win streak. Um, yeah. If you're doing well in division, Samuel Castro has a wonderful point that I want to highlight here. I know one thing, if Sean Payton and VJ put the right team together and beat the chiefs, all will be forgiven. I think if that, uh, streak is finally broken Broncos country will have a lot of things to celebrate I do though I'm going to be the Debbie Downer I'm going to be the the wet towel here or the wet blanket however you want yeah. to to state it is that does it really fix everything if the Broncos eke out a win against the Chiefs but they still have a losing record I think there's a lot of things that have to fall in place for Broncos country to to finally trust again to finally feel it's like they true. can love again <laughs> I think a, a nine and eight season does a really good job of that 
doesn't sound that impressive, right? But it's a it's a stark change from what we've seen. Uh, I think uh, all the way back to the Simeon days. So um, there's one thing for certain. We want to make sure that you guys are getting your uh, thoughts out there as well. So the chat's Please, having a fun time over here. Please come and join us. We'll be here um, for as long as it takes to get through all of this fantastic Broncos news. I'm sure mm -hmm. things will change. I absolutely love how Sean Payton really does not give a shit. Uh, he's he just out here saying it how it is. He is not afraid to let um, every know everyone know exactly what he's thinking and also playing it really close to the vest. Uh, keeping some information in-house is perfectly fine. I think it frustrates people because they feel like there's a lack of transparency. But uh, this is Sean Payton's world, and we're just living in it right now. So if he wants to release the names of the coaches when it happens, or if he wants to pull Bill Belichick and wait until the start of the season to list it on the roster page, that's up to him. And what I do respect, I think, is the idea that he's in control. There is no question mark on whether or not, whether or not Sean Payton is going to make um, head coaching decisions, you know, like whether or not to practice in full pads more often or what, what have you, because there's a lot of talk of we wanted the adult in the room. And I'm going to use that verbiage just because it's been repeated here so often in Broncos country. Sean Payton is exactly that. And he's amassing a staff that reflects his vision for this team. And I think that is an, another thing to consider when you bring a guy like Vance Joseph in, who does have a great reputation with his players and I think has grown into the uh, coaching aspect of it. So being able to do the right things for this defense, not be too buddy buddy, and then make the right decisions for a a successful um, uh, defensive plan. We won't know. All of it's speculation. And until we're midway through the 2023 season, we'll have another conversation about it. And I'm sure we'll be talking about it um, all with y'all. So really appreciate totally. that there. Uh, Joey, any thoughts on remaining thoughts on Vance Joseph? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm just curious, Bree. So what defense, if you had your ideal situation of the guys they interviewed, is do you have a favorite and you, you don't have to give like even a long explanation of why, but like, do you just have a person that you would like, or is it Vance Joseph? Are you just happy with that guy? I'm not really mad at it. I think when it happened, I was like, Oh, okay. Well, that's not the big splashy um, play that I thought it was going to be, but I thought it, they were going in the direction of Sean Desai. So when they didn't, I think I was more concerned that it was going to be Rex Ryan because Desai's name was out there for a, Wow. The, the three and a half weeks. So um, when Rex Ryan was uh, around Denver, I think I was a little concerned that's the direction they would uh, go. And I've talked to a couple of people today. They wanted the Broncos to go in that direction. My concern there was that, you know, being out of the league for a while changes your idea and your concept of um, just what's going on in the league currently. Not to say that I don't think Rex Ryan could have gotten the job done. I just felt more comfortable with Vance Joseph having uh current and successful experience in the league. And I, I know a lot of people are going to chirp back and say, well, it wasn't very successful. It's subjective. I think he did an okay job. And I think that taking over the talent that exists on the Denver Broncos could be favorable for what they want to continue to do. Again, not aiming for a top five defense. I do. I think that's reasonable. No, they had two really good years and hopefully it flip flops. I'm really hoping that the offense can do enough. So they're not solely relying on the defense because it's very easy when your defense is absolutely lights out to kind of take your foot off of the gas. And I'm not saying that's necessarily what happened, but uh, Juan Espinosa has kind of the same idea here. Over on Facebook, he uh, said, good evening. So far, do you like the coaching staff hires? 
And who do you think the offensive coordinator hire will be? Joey, any idea? Because we've talked a little bit about this. We obviously know Sean Payton's going to be play calling. But do you have any ideas who they could who they could bring in as offensive coordinator here for the Denver Broncos? I mean, wasn't Lombardi hired by the Broncos? I think that's I believe the, so. Yes, I think that's going to end up being your offensive coordinator. And hey, guys. I wouldn't. So, was he successful as a play caller? No, I think under this scenario that the Broncos are currently in, it's different. You know, who he's not calling plays. What his responsibilities are going to be is a mystery to me and you. That, that that's pretty much what I would say. Usually, you know, if you have a defensive-minded head coach, the offensive coordinator is running that entire offensive side of the ball. But I know Sean Payton's going to call plays, and I know he's going to have final say over what's going on in that entire offensive team. Um, so it really comes down to how much influence Lombardi has, and if this is a person that Sean Payton feels comfortable with, it's W with for me. I don't care. He's a guy that I like having part of this. He's experienced in multiple facets. He got that play calling duty for a reason. Did it work out? No, but he's going back to the position where it did work for him. That, that's what I will say, that he got that promotion from this position, um, and, and I'm happy that he's back in it. That, that's what I will say. So how am I feeling about the coaching staff in general? I like it. I like it because I trust Sean Payton a lot. I do. Just if I'm basing it off of experience in the past, uh, I'm not just one of those guys that's going to look at everybody and say, you know, trust the head coach at all costs, whatever, whatever. There's a lot of fans are like that. I am not like that, but I do think that with Sean Payton's experience and resume, there you, you can say that a little bit, and that's kind of where I am right now. The comments are making me laugh. Uh, Wayne King has an interesting one here. Um, I, I'll read all of it. But uh, how much money do you think the owners and Peyton spend at the dispensaries? They brought in a new QB coach. Explain this to me. Well, Clint Kubiak chose to go elsewhere. So I think that they basically had to. I don't know if Sean Payton would have retained him, but it would be silly not to considering you want to build up some continuity there with your quarterback's coach, but maybe something wasn't working there. Joey, what do you think about Clinton Kubiak moving on and a new quarterback's coach coming in for Russell Wilson? Not his I'm personal coach, it. though. I am absolutely fine with it. I think that what the Broncos are doing is fine. I think Clint Kubiak is a guy that you bring in if you're running a specific scheme. I don't think the Broncos are going to be running that scheme anymore, right? Um, is he Clint Kubiak a good coach? There's plenty of reasons to say yes. I just, hey, you're bringing in new head coach and Sean Payton. Let him bring in this guy. Yeah, you, you got to do that. If Davis Webb is his guy, then that's great. I do think he's a little bit young and it makes me feel old, but that's all right. I think that uh, – you just have to. Davis Webb, that's so insane. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. Sean Payton also hired his offensive line coach in Strife um, to be able yeah. – for, for a reason, right? He believed in what he did. He was great at the position. And so when you talk about maybe not understanding why Davis Webb, that'd be like the same reason of talking about um, – uh, 
why can't I think I almost called him Paxton Lynch, uh, <laughs> Brett Rippon to, to yeah. be a quarterback's coach when you're like, well, he was a backup quarterback for a really long time. Yeah. But he was really good at the position, like just understanding quarterbacks and how that works, how the passing game works. He could be a passing game coordinator. So I think when you think about like, well, it's not the splashiest play. Sean Payton saw something in these hires that he wanted to, um, bring together and, and and create an all-encompassing Denver Broncos team that includes the offense and that and that includes rebuilding this offense. Well, a lot of what we saw last season isn't going to happen this season just by proxy of who you have at the helm uh, making calls. And so, yeah, I don't think the the Lombardi news is official official as far as uh, offensive coordinator goes, but you would assume that is why he's coming on board. Yeah. And then you've got Mike Westhoff coming in as the assistant head coach, long, long-standing, well-respected coach in the league coming in to assist Sean Payton. He's doing a really great job. It's maybe just not the, the splashiest names, and maybe that's causing hesitation for the Denver Broncos, but I think there's a reason and a method to the madness. That may be hopeful Bree coming back from uh, last season's past, but I think that there is definitely a reason that it's turning out this way we won't know we won't know until it shakes out yeah you know and one thing i will say about both those hires Bree, because we we have former players as coaches now to me that's a big win i like that i like that there's former players as coaches um these are guys that can relate to the locker room at a better understanding than a nathaniel hackett or some of these other guys. I like that Davis Webb is in the locker room. It's good. He has an understanding of how it operates and how it works, um, which is a big deal. I don't think that, you know, like Hackett and so many of his position coaches were talked up as, this is a player's guy. You know what I mean? The players love him. He's a player's coach. <laughs> that's, that's, what the, that's what the talk was. But Part of being a player's coach is having that respect and understanding of what they're going through and what's going on in the locker room. And I don't, without being an actual former player, is that possible to even understand? I don't think so. I, I think, think that's fair. Yeah. I think part of being a player's coach is having that understanding. So I think a Davis Webb will succeed. I think who he hires as an offensive line coach will succeed. These are guys that have been in NFL locker rooms and understand what's happening and can relate to these players. So I think that's a win for the Broncos. I'm always aboard for bringing in former players. You know, the, obviously they have to be qualified, but I do put a little plus next to their name if they did play in the NFL. I like it. I think we can all agree to, at least I do, I fall into the same realm or I think that it just, it, it does exponential uh, growth efforts for coaches coming in who already have the relative experience because they know exactly what the players are going through and can relate to them just a little bit better. And I think that's why I like Vance Joseph, like played for Colorado. He's homegrown, yeah. uh, wants to be here, um, knows the quarterback position, which makes him, you know, I think that gives you an uncanny ability to understand the defense. So when you start defensive coordinating, I think you just have yeah. the ability to understand what's needed there. So I, I don't know. Again, I think that maybe, yeah, I'm drinking a little bit of the Kool-Aid. I'm all right with it. Don't judge me. But um, Joey, uh, it's Friday night. And I think What's the best thing you could think about doing here on a Friday night as we prepare for the weekend? I mean, guys, everybody, they're coming off of work, right? They're getting ready for the weekend. 
me personally, I'm getting ready for the weekend, and there would be nothing better right now than if I had a cold wine, Stefan, half of ice beer in my hand. That's what would do it for me. The hazy, fruity, effervescent beer at 5.4% ABV. It's the number one selling German wheat beer in all of the United States. It's the best one, along with it being the oldest brewery in the entire world. The oldest one, Brie. The entire the oldest, oldest every one. time you say it. It just doesn't seem like it's actually real. Can you tell me, though, what are the fruity notes? I mean, Brie, <laughs> the beer is fantastic <laughs> and i think that the, the, the i mean the fruity notes i what are the fruity notes i hmm. was thinking apricot it's a but little i don't bit, know it's a little bit you know it's subjective taste is subjective but at the end of the day not with wine seven <laughs> that's what i will say it's not it's the best beer in the world everyone go get yourself a wine Stefan immediately brie go that i Hard to say easy to drink. <laughs> it's hard to say easy to drink. Wine Stefan. Go get yourself a um go get yourself a half of ice beer. You stole my 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 only part in this, but that's fine. <laughs> Cow says fruit is protected. <laughs> Cal also wanted to know the fruity notes. All right. Well, if there's no more questions, if nobody wants to talk, let's talk Broncos. We get it. We'll get off your airways. We'll let you Can enjoy. I actually give that? It's banana-y. If you like a half beer, banana. you're going to get So if you like a half beer, I will say this. Banana and cloves, two things you're really going to taste in that beer, um, to answer truthfully. And it's terrific. And it's not one of those – it's a beer that you won't taste – a banana until you really start to focus in on like, you know, you're tasting it appropriately and you're like, what am I tasting here? And then you'll start to taste like little banana, you know, some cloves. That, that's the taste you'll get out of that beer. Uh, let's talk Broncos tasting party is another night. So we'll go ahead and schedule that for all of you watching at home. If you're not familiar with my work, I want you to become so go ahead and follow me on Twitter at Brie Maestas 303. So you can catch all of the shows when they go live. You can catch me on Mondays with the fan cave. I'll have Mario Vitanzi on with me on Monday. We're going to talk some Broncos uh, and have a really great time as we I finally was able to get some time, uh, get him on a show. Maybe Let's Talk Broncos is next. But you can get all of my stuff over on Dream Eastus 303 over on the Twitter. Joey, where can everybody find your work? Yes, everybody. Please follow me at Jared Drafts. Find all my writing at Mile High Sports. That's where I'll be. And then please go listen to Frankie and I's podcast every single Thursday, exclusive to the Let's Talk Broncos YouTube. And go subscribe to anywhere Let's else. Talk Broncos YouTube. We're posting clips. We're doing everything over there. Go over to the Let's Talk Broncos YouTube. Subscribe ASAP. It's needed yeah, because those views are more valuable. <laughs> every time you say that it feels like a ploy also be sure to follow friends of the program at frankie's film and at robbie underscore nfl they do some great work for us if you want to check out all their clips you can only get them on the let's talk broncos youtube and facebook we post them all over there they uh hop on let's talk draft all the time just to give their um very knowledgeable breakdowns i love listening to everything they do so i implore you to go follow them i hope you all have a 
fantastic weekend. And we'll be back on Monday. Coop, you're late. I don't care. Rewatch. Scroll back. It's going to end, and then you're able to go back and, and watch it all happen live. So uh, we appreciate you stopping in. It always makes me smile when I see all the fam- familiar names to hang out with us because I have nothing better to do on Friday night. So we'll talk to you guys later, and we'll see you on Monday. Bye.